opportunity to stand before you today to deliver his word. Pastor King, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. You could have said no, but you didn't. So God has been dealing with me and I've been wrestling with this word. So if you just be patient. It's been a while, PK, since I've been up here, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God says, proclaim his word and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He says, I got you. There's nothing more powerful than me. And I got you. So I rest in that. Hallelujah. I rest in that. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to be in alignment with you. God, if there's anything in me at all that is displeasing to you, I ask you right now to remove it and forgive me, God. Forgive me my sins and cleanse me, God, from all unrighteousness that I may be meet for the master's use. It's all about you, Lord. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. My text will be coming out of the book of Isaiah. If you can turn there, I will be just actually centering this sermon on two verses, my literary context and the context itself will preach this word. I don't want you to think this is my opinion. This is what thus saith the Lord. So Isaiah 40. going to start at 18. We're going to read 18 and then we'll read 25. To whom then will you compare God? What image will you compare to him? 25. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. My preaching idea is just this. He is God all by himself. <laughs> He's God all by himself. I want to speak a little bit about the conditions that we live in in our country right now. And I'm not gonna be political. Don't think I'm gonna get on, you know, our past president, I ain't gonna do that. Remember in the Pledge of Allegiance, the last couple of phrases from the Pledge of Allegiance is America, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberties and justice for all. And the forefathers founded this nation under the principles of God based in Christianity. Hear me? 
At least that was their intent. America has become now a melting pot of all nations, philosophies, and religions. But it is also a place where we can lift up the name of Jesus in spirit and in truth without fear. Amen. What do I mean by that? Well, the church and the Bible are not underground as it is in some nations where they will be imprisoned for proclaiming the word of God. So we can feel free, or we should feel free to proclaim the word of God. But today, people have grown insensitive to God. Come on now. They've grown insensitive to God. They don't agree with the Bible. They long to be politically correct. And they accept every wind of doctrine. But God's word and his principles and precepts never change. And it is the charge of God's people to proclaim his truths, to influence, not to be influenced, to inform the world of God's way. But instead, it seems to be politically correct has been taken center stage before God and has weakened our stance. It's not that we don't see this desensitized nature or acknowledge it, but we fail to cry out effectively against it. Now, striving to be politically correct seems to me that it can breed a fear of persecution. And so we become silent. The masses are listening to fine-sounding arguments and philosophies that can weaken their faith in trusting or believing in God fully. I said fully. Once the truth is compromised, it is no longer the truth, but it's a subtle lie. And because they choose to believe it as their truth, they set up these ideals in front of God, attempting to usurp God's authority as truth. Usurp. Remember that word. It's going to be used quite a bit. Many of these beliefs, however, have root origins in idolatry and divination. So before studying this text, I was inquiring to God as to why suddenly it seemed that I was hearing so much about this philosophy of the universe. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but there's a lot of talk about the universe this and the, the universe that. And you, you're hearing about so much about these power crystals, and I'm wondering how much power can a rock have, and, 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 and auras, and, 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 and instead of your spirit, a negative energy, because you're not seeking God so negativity can, can grasp hold of you. I, I, I was troubled because I was hearing these things from fellow Christians. And it troubled my spirit. Because why are you talking about a rock? The only thing I heard God say that a rock could do was cry out. Instead, I think God wants us to cry out. 
Just saying. Ooh, Jesus, help me today. Because I, 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 I lose my place and then I have to find it. Okay. I was troubled. And so the Lord, he spoke to me. He says, it's always been before you. He said, they no longer know who I am. So they're out of touch with who they are. They can't hear me. They can't perceive what I'm saying. These belief systems have subtly infiltrated the church. So I was thinking, uh, I was thinking on this because I'm like, God, you know, um, I can remember some times in my life where, you know, I kind of entertained some of that stuff. Lord, I'm sorry, but I, you know, we got to be real. If we're going to conquer it, we got to seize it, right? So I was like in my 20s or so, and I'm not going to date myself, but y'all remember the flower children. (laughs) So in years past, I remembered different trends. Hear how I'm stating that. Trends. The trend of reading horoscopes. You know how we'd have to go out and get the Denver Post from the, from the doorstep and, and instead of looking at the front page, we turn into the horoscope. To see what's going to happen today. Okay, now you know, I don't know about y'all, okay, but I was living in those times and I, I, I've done that a couple times. Okay, I, Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Or they would be um, following star charts. You know, they would, they would actually study PK and put a chart together and, and tell you what, what you're going to be doing next year. <laughs> trends. Some trends were looking at uh, someone's hand and because a line had a certain length or shape or a curve to it, it was supposed to have meant something significant. Lord, today. At the time, I didn't associate these things with doctrines and belief systems. They were just trends. They were just fads. They were, remember Parker Brothers board game, Ouija, and and playing with those little cards with the pictures. You know, we can do things out of ignorance not knowing what we're dealing with. But let me tell you that the spirit realm, the, uh, the uh, uh, spirits of darkness, they don't care whether you're informed or not. And they take the opportunity to seize an open door to get to you and your inner being. They were trends. And I'm like, well, how come I didn't see it as it was? It's not that we are desensitized that we don't, we don't know, but he said, because you didn't hear the outcry. It wasn't specific enough or loud enough to deter the subtle effects of spiritual erosion. They are subtle spiritual intrusions that prevent us from truly 
trusting God fully for our every need. That's why you have to go to a horoscope and see what's going to happen today because you're not trusting God for your every need. It's just that the spiritual erosion is worse now than you remember it before. So the purpose of preaching this is, hear this. If we as God's people are going to effectively proclaim to the world about God's plan of redemption, we can't be associated with or participate in the doctrine of demons. God said, cry out, sound the alarm. Awaken them out of their stupor. Amen. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs 14 and 12. And ironically, it is reiterated again in 16 and 25, the same scripture there, word for word, there is a way. That seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. For the sake of understanding, I'm going to give you a couple of definitions that we're going to be dealing with in the text today. One is divination. For those of you who do not know or understand what divination is, so when I speak about it, you can relate to what it is. Divination. The practice of reading hidden meanings in natural objects and or receiving information about one's past, present, or future through supernatural means. Divination. Idol. An idol. Image used as an object of worship. Now we usually think of a graven image or a little statue or a big statue or something like that as an idol, it can also be an image in your mind. Because the mind is the battlefield. What image are you entertaining for worship? Syncretism. The attempted reconciliation or union of different opposing principles, practices, or parties, as in philosophy or religion. Usurp, there's that word, to take or make use of a position without the right. So I'm going to give you a little literary context because Judah had a problem. Isaiah was called to cry out to Judah and Israel, but especially Judah. Judah had a problem. Judah's problem was that they lost sight of God. And you feel like they're God's people. How they do that? Well, they weren't in a mindset yet where they needed to cry out to God or for God. You see, things were, things were all right. The, at that time, it was, it was kind of cushy. You know, they, they didn't have no worries. Well, you know, I only call God when I'm in trouble. 
So their focus was not on God in their everyday life. And they became proud, haughty, wayward, and corrupt. Now, King Isaiah, he was the king at that time, and he was a good king, but he was not a good spiritual leader. Meaning this, he brought prosperity to the land, and historically he was very accomplished, but he didn't rid the kingdom of the high places. The high places, if you, if you don't know or understand, the high places were places of idol worship. So... It seems to me that King Isaiah, he was all right with, with uh, being able to, to bring prosperity, but he wasn't going to rock the boat. Oh, Lord, help us today. I'm appealing to the minds, God. I'm appealing to the hearts. He didn't rid the kingdom of the high places, and the people worshiped. Listen to this. They worship both idols and Yahweh. Syncretism. Okay? They consulted spiritualists and diviners for spiritual guidance instead of going to the priests. And the king, because of his pride, he usurped, there's that word again, he usurped God's order in the temple of God and God struck him down with leprosy. The nation was unclean and had been unclean for quite a while. Now the king, he's unclean. And God called Isaiah in the year that the king died. Y'all hear that? He didn't make it. To cry out to the people. Well, a hundred years would pass before the prophesied captivity. In this time frame... There would be trouble and there would be distress. And then once in captivity, they would have to be there 70 years before they would return to their land. All because of syncretism. Praising powers of darkness along with Yahweh. And pride. So this is our lesson. This is our lesson from Judah. Huh? Because we, we read this text and it's got to be a lesson there. There's got to be a lesson there because God was working. What is the lesson? When we separate our worship from our everyday activities, we run the risk of putting something in that place in front of God. We run that risk. You go to church on Sunday and Monday through Friday. You ain't picked up a scripture. You haven't called on God. You haven't prayed to God. You haven't thanked God. And then you come back Sunday and you get in position. And, oh, holy is the lamb. Holy is the lamb. And then you go back home on Monday through Friday. And there's gaps there in your worship. Open doors for the enemy to strike at you. Ooh. Lesson from Judah. Mm. Worship is in proper alignment when it's continual. Worship, I hear you, sister, <laughs> is in proper alignment when it is continual. Like the 24 
elders, they continually, continu holy, 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 they continually. Come on now. Yeah. Always seeking God's presence in all things at all times. So now we're going to get to our verse, verse 18. To whom then will you, little man, compare or liken God? What image will you, little man, compare to him? What idol, what accomplishment, what philosophy, what divination, what worldview, what wealth, what power, what status do you liken to God? Nothing in all creation can compare to him. Since we have been guilty of losing our focus, and if that's not you, don't trip, just eat the meat and spit out the bones. The question asked here, we should ponder. Who were you liken to God? What image? What image do you feel is the same as God? Liken, compare. The answer should be, there is no image. Whether made by hand or in mind, can be likened to God. We will always need God. We will never be the same as Him. Nothing or no one can compare to Him in any capacity. He is creator, maker of all that has been made. We don't have the ability to create anything outside of what God has already created. In order for us to create anything, we need what God created to create it. Let's look at our accomplishments. Our greatest accomplishments in comparison to God are less than great. I don't care how big it is, how good it looks. You can be president of the United States, and you're still not greater than God. Does somebody hear me out there? I know I'm on the airwaves. So our greatest accomplishments in comparison to God are less than great. So our pride, our boast, should be in the Lord and what he has done. Nothing in creation is greater than the creator. Don't set your accomplishments up as idols. It's only by God's grace and love that we accomplish anything, anyway. God says, if you are worshiping anything, or anyone besides me, then you're worshiping an idol. So hear this, so that worship never gets to me because it's beneath me. Worship him. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's God all by himself. Give you a little illustration. I, I shared with you how I was, you know, kind of ignorant back in the 20s. Well, you know, my ignorance kind of proceeded in some ways. You know, I, I learned some, so some lessons from that. But um, 
I had went with a friend up to uh, Andrew Womack Ministries. We went to a conference there. And in the middle of the conference, you know, we had the break in the middle of the day. And so everybody was leaving. They was going. I'm like, okay, where's everybody going? Well, we're going down to Manitou Springs. I'm like, okay. I'm thinking Manitou Springs here. This is a, 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 a tourism place, right? So I'm thinking, okay, so we're going to go. We're going to have lunch, and we're going to come back, and we're going to, you know, do our conference thing and do our worship thing and buy books and stuff. So we go down to Manitou Springs and uh, walking down Main Street, and I'm looking, and here's a seance booth over here, and hand readers over there, and I mean, just like you see department stores lined up on Main Street when you go to the mall, that's how the, 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 these diviners were set up in a place of tourism. And now I know probably some of those people, they were going in those shops and they were doing their regular thing. Maybe they frequent those places a lot. But the tourists that did not know and had no idea, they were fair game and they were bait for the enemy. I felt so uncomfortable with the presence that I was like, oh no, we got to have lunch someplace else. So after we got back to the, uh, up, up to the conference, I was asking some of the leaders, you know, why they went down. And they said, we went down to snatch those from the very fire. But because I was unaware, I was unprepared. Because I could have been down there snatching too, but I was afraid. I was uncomfortable. I wanted to leave. If we seek spiritual guidance, we seek the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, our counselor, our keeper, our helper. Not some fallen spirit that has been cast out of heaven from the beginning. These dark spirits manipulate the spirit realm because that is where they're from. That's where they exist. That's where they're comfortable. So that's where they're going to come to you from. Does that make sense? However, they don't have the privy information about your future and the unknown mysteries of your life. Because we belong to God, only God has the answer to your story. He is omnipresent. And by the way, here's a little side note. Those fallen spirits were created also as part of God's heavenly host. And they, here's that word, usurped God's authority and they got out of alignment and they were cast out and they they were cast out. They weren't created. God did not create them wicked. But by choice, and we have a choice, by choice, that's what they became. God doesn't want his children consulting fallen angels. And he's offended. And he's insulted. Our God is a jealous God. Kiana, jealous Kiana, he is a jealous God. Why would you want to consult a demon as if it had your best interests at heart? God has an order and man cannot change what he's not established. 
God and God alone has established the heavens and the earth. And if you're looking outside of God for an answer, don't count on the answer being from God. Seek God. He's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. He knows everything. And more. No one and nothing compares to the living God. No one compares to Yahweh. He's God all by himself. He's God all by himself. Let's look at verse 25. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. El Elyon, the Most High God. Kiros, Israel. Holy one of Israel, who is morally perfect. Who do you compare? Who is my equal? Who is more moral than me? Who is more perfect than me? Who is higher than me? Who is my equal? We look at verse 26 and it says, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created these. He brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. Elohim, God, judge, and creator. That's who he is. No one can compare to him. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them are missing out of their place. El Shaddai, God Almighty, who can just set the stars in glory who do you know that can do that? Who do you know that can accomplish that? Verse 27 says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel and church, that my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord God is everlasting, the creator of the ends of the earth. El Elyon, everlasting, eternal God. Have you not heard? Amen. He knows everything. He's not disregarding you. Amen. And you might know that if you consult him. He'll give you an answer. It might not be right now. It might be wait. It might be we need to grow a little bit more in understanding before he gives it. Because he's perfect. There's no malalignment in God. So we can, we can trust him. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He's omniscient. God is everything we need and want. He's not weak and insufficient, but he's strong and he's mighty. He has proven in his word that he is Jehovah Jireh provider, that he's Jehovah Rapha healer, that he's Jehovah Nisi or banner or help on our refuge, or El Roy, or overseer of all of his creation. Uh, Jehovah Shalom, he can be your peace. Uh, Jehovah Sitkanu, uh, the Lord is our righteousness. Uh, these are just a few descriptive names of an undescribable God. Hallelujah. 
He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You in your own strength, you will grow tired and weary and, and stumble and fall at times. But God encourages us to get up and call on his name, to seek him, to worship him, and to wait on him. Trust him. He promises this, that those who hope in or wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. No one and nothing can compare to my God. Before I end this sermon, I want to read one more scripture. The New Testament. See, because God's got our back. After all that we've read, we, we've talked about the powers of darkness and this, that, and the other. God told me, he said, read this. We're going to Colossians 1 and 16, and I'll read it in your hearing, and it's from the NIV version. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. No one and nothing can compare to my God. He is God all by himself. Amen.